Hi everyone, Randy Dietrich, and my mission is to add value to others. I believe in the power of the human spirit. My goal is to encourage you to pursue all your dreams with all your imagination. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's talk, please share with a friend. Add value to the world. So I've given this talk a few times in the past, and i got to admit right up front, guys, there's only two things that I'm particularly qualified to talk about, and that's ski racing and entrepreneurship. That's all I got. So these are the only two topics that I'm going to draw all my talking points from. I've also never invented any new concepts or new ideas. I believe that everything that can be said has been said. We just hear it through a different set of years of life experiences. You know, I've studied the past, I'm talking about great leaders like Vince Lombardi Jr., Vince Lombardi, John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar, Randy Pausch, and so many others. I've studied. I've listened to my mom. I'm constantly working towards wisdom and understanding. I know that the goals had never arrive. I've been in ski racing all my life, and I don't know if I'm particularly qualified to do much more than just ski race. I, but I can tell you it's a, it's a sport of great lessons. Like other sports that we compete in, it should be a symbol of this country's best attributes. And to name them, I'm talking about courage, stamina, coordinated efficiency. You know, to win at it, it requires the noble characteristics of the individual. What I'm talking about is sacrifice, self-denial, dedication, and fearlessness. Ski racing is a sport that will push you to the edge. To compete in any other way but violently would be crazy. But because of its violent nature, it demands a personal discipline seldom found in modern life. There's no other authority than the great General MacArthur that can prove this point. And here's his quote. He says, competitive sports keeps alive in all of us a spirit of vitality and enterprise. It teaches the strong to know when they are weak and the brave to face themselves when they're afraid. It teaches us to be proud and unbending in defeat, yet humble and gentle in victory. It teaches us to master ourselves long before you ever attempt to master others. It teaches us to learn to laugh and never forget how to cry. It gives a predominance of courage over timidity. Great stuff, right? You know, most sports are a lot like life. That it requires, in training, exhaustive hard work to the point of drudgery. Ski racing is a, team of, is, it's a game of team action. Even though there's one person on the course, there's a team behind that person. And wherein the individual's reward is that total satisfaction that is returned by being part of the collective whole. It does take a team to win an Olympic gold medal. Most sports, they give you 100% fun when you win, and it's going to exact 100% resolution when you lose. Man, ski racing, it's so much like life. It teaches you that hard work, sacrifice, Perseverance, competitive drive, selflessness, and respect for authority are the price we pay to achieve worthwhile goals in this life. Today and every day, all of us, we are all engaged in a struggle that is far more fiercely contested and far more important to our future. It's the struggle for the hearts and the minds and the dedication of people. What I'm getting at here is I'm talking about hope, I'm talking about motivation. After all, every single action you take is rooted in hope. In this struggle, there's no spectators. We're all players. It is this struggle 
that is going to test our courage, our stamina, and our, our strength. Only if we are physically, mentally, and emotionally fit are we going to win this game. I believe today, right here, right now, we live in an age that's fit for heroes. No time in the history of the world has there ever been such opportunities or such prizes for people. We can provide a full lay for humanity, or we can destroy ourselves with the problems that we create. I think the test of this century, it will be whether we confuse growth of wealth and power with the growth of spirit and character. You know, if we do that, we're going to be like some infant that's playing with matches that burns down the house they would have inherited. You are all leaders of this country. We all are. Whether you're the leader of a state, a business, a classroom, a household, an organization, or you simply understand it takes discipline to lead yourself. I believe it is our obligation of our leaders to see that we are awakened to this great need. Unless we can do something to get everyone in America moving in this direction of self-knowledge, improvement, we may not be able to keep America as strong as it's been. There is a need to develop a strong spirit of vitality, compassion for others, competitive drive, and understanding of oneself throughout the nation. You know, I think we fail in our obligation as leaders if we do not preserve the American zeal to win. And when I say freedom, I believe we must, it must be thoroughly understood by the, by, and embraced by all the leaders. In order to have authority, we must first respect authority. It all begins at the home. It begins by respecting the authority in the family. Discipline in education, decency in conduct, and law in the state. I feel in today's world, the leaders, they, they may not understand the relationship between themselves and the people. And, and that is, the people want to be independent and independent all at the same time. Everyone wants to assert themselves and at the same time be told what to do. I really believe management is leadership. In every organization, management is leadership. And when management fails, it reflects a lack of leadership. Everyone possesses leadership ability. But leadership rests not only on ability, it mainly rests on commitment, loyalty, pride. Leadership is the ability to direct people. And far more important than that, it's to have those people accept that direction. You know, traditionally, the way it works is the educated person is generally the natural leader. And we might not get all of our education in school. In fact, that is just the beginning. Education can come from anywhere. If you study the past, your country, your people, and the lessons of history, man, you're educated. I think everyone would agree what's, what's needed in the world today, it's not just engineers and scientists. What's needed are people that will keep their head in an emergency, no matter what the field. In other words, leaders, people who can be intricate problems with wisdom and courage. Can I make it personal? Leadership is not just one quality, but rather it's a blend of a lot of qualities. And, not, and, and while not one of us can possess all the talents that are needed for leadership, each single one of us can develop a combination to make us a leader. Contrary to the opinion of a lot of people out there, I don't think leaders are born. They're not born. They're made. And they're made with hard effort. It's the price we all must pay for success. In order for us to become what we need to be, we cannot remain what we are today. I don't believe we're born equal. I think we're all born unequal. And simply put, 
The talented are no more responsible for their talents than the underprivileged are for their position. The measure of each is what we do. Man, today, our society, it seems to have sympathy for the misfit, the near-do-well, the maladjusted, the criminal, the loser. I tell Tiff all the time, I, I can't stand it when TV shows attempt to make superstars out of prison inmates. Today, it is time that we stand up for the doer, the achiever, the person who sets out to do something and does it, the one who recognizes the problems and opportunities at hand and deals with them and is successful, and they're not worrying about the failings of other people, the one who is constantly looking for more to do, the one who carries the work of the world on their shoulders, the leaders. We will never create a good society, much less a great one, until individual excellence is respected and encouraged. To be a leader, we got to be honest with ourselves. We must know that as leaders, we're like everybody else, only a whole lot more. That's why you're the leader. You understand that you can't improve on something you don't understand. So rule number one, know yourself. You can never improve on something you don't understand. Leaders have to identify themselves with a group and back them up, even at the risk of displeasing your superiors. We must know that the group wants above all else, the leader's approval. Man, once these understandings prevail, productivity, discipline, morale, it'll be at an all-time high. We must also demand from the group cooperation to promote the goals of the organization. As a leader, we must believe in teamwork through participation. And as a result of this, our contacts with the group, they, they got to be close and they got to be informal. We got to be sensitive to the emotional needs and expectations of others. And in return, the group's attitude towards the leader, it should be one with confidence, infused with affection. And yet the leader must always walk the tightrope between the consent you got to win and the control you got to exert. Despite the need for teamwork and participation, the leader can never close the gap between themselves and the group. Because if you do, you are no longer what you need to be. This makes the leader a lonely person. You must maintain a certain distance between yourself and the members of the group. Just remember the quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. A fool's consistency are the hobgoblins of little minds. Leaders don't exist in the abstract, but rather in terms of what you do in a specific situation. A leader is judged in terms of what others do to obtain the results that you have placed there to get. You as a leader, you're going to have to possess the quality of mental toughness. And, you know, I think mental toughness, it's a, it's a challenging quality to explain. But in my opinion, guys, this is the most important element of the leader. Mental toughness, it's a lot of things. It's humility. It's simplicity. The leader always remembers that simplicity is the sign of true greatness. And meekness is the sign of true strength. Mental toughness, man, it's Spartanism. With all the qualities of self-denial, sacrifice, dedication, fearlessness, compassion. And when I say compassion, I don't mean necessarily liking. You don't need to like someone in order to have compassion for them. I'm talking about compassion in the sense of respect for the dignity of an individual. Compassion is charity. Compassion is that I'm talking about. It's not detraction from a person. Anyone who belittles another, who is not loyal, who speaks bad of another person, well, they are not a leader. And they never belong in the top echelons of leadership. 
I am advocating a love for the human being right now. Any human being who happens to be any ethnicity, poor, rich, enemy, friend, because in the end, this is how simple it is. Everyone's searching for similar forms of human happiness. Heart power is the strength of a company. It's the strength of an organization, the strength of America. And simply put, hate power is the weakness of the world. Mental toughness is also your perfectly disciplined will. I believe the strength in a group is in the will of the leader. The difference between a successful person and others, it's not in the lack of strength, nor in the lack of knowledge, but rather it's in the lack of their will. It's the settled purpose. It's the invincible determination of the individual. But you got to remember, your will is your character in action. If we want to create something, man, we, we must first be something. See, this is, this is character. You're never going to take the inventor out of an invention. So therefore, anybody that ever wants to create something, a company, an organization, in any way, it's going to be a larger expression of who they are. Because character is higher than intellect. Character is a direct result of a mental attitude. No one has ever dreamed themselves into character. We must hammer and forge one for ourselves. And it's impossible to copy anybody else's character qualities. We got to develop our own character qualities to fit our own personality. You must also remember that in the end, there's only one kind of discipline, and that is the perfect discipline. And as a leader, we must enforce and maintain that discipline. Otherwise, we will fail at our job. Leadership, it lies in sacrifice, self-denial, love, fearlessness, and humility. And this is the distinction between great and little people. Guys, I love y'all. I don't know if you pick up on it, but throughout this reading here, I was kind of shaking a little bit. My wife is sitting next to me to my, my left here, and first time she's in the podcast room, I love having something so pretty next to me. She reached over and she touched my arm. This is a presentation that I've been working on since I've been around 13 years old. And uh, it's constantly being refined and distilled. It roots from Vince Lombardi Jr. in his book, Leadership. So if you read that book and you pick up on some of the stuff in here, it comes from there. But I really believe that all things rise and fall on leadership. And leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And it takes people with humility and self-confidence and an understanding of who they are to help other people become the greatness that, that's within them, to, to develop the greatness within others. If we want to be a leader, simply serve more people. It really is that simple. I love y'all. Thanks for being here. Oh boy. Um, I have a lot of questions, man. Um, and they're all positive questions. And I think I've asked, well, I not think, I know I've asked in the past what a leadership, what a leader means to you and how would you define the perfect leader? So I don't want to talk back on that. But one thing that stood out and, and I kept the page unturned um, was mental toughness is Spartanism with all its qualities of self-denial, sacrifice, dedication, fearlessness, and compassion. Two things. One, did you quote that or is that from Vince Lombardi? That's a Vince Lombardi. Man, that thing is a powerful. Hard, that's a punch in the face quote. Right, right. Um, two, mental toughness is Spartanism. So I had to look up. There's a lot of big words in here too that I had to like look up as mm -hmm. we were going through. So like Spartanism, 
obviously there's a term that Webster defines and things like that, but to you, which, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but where do you, what do you feel is more important? The mental toughness of something, the emotional toughness of somebody or the spiritual toughness of somebody. So I feel like they all coincide with each other, especially when it comes to leadership. Mm -hmm. And this was heavily influenced, I would say on the mental toughness, but there's relation to religious, there's, there's relation to the actual emotional stuff. So I feel like those three qualities play off of each other. Mm -hmm. Do you, do they all need to be equalized? Are there better qualities? And this is more of like an opinion, like to, to Randy Dietrich, if those three things, spiritual, mental, and emotional, where does that fit in your hierarchy of being a leader? Hmm. You know, as you're talking to me, Ralph, I'm thinking, you know, I've, I've never tried to split myself up. You know, I'm the same person at work as I am at home, as I am everywhere else. You know, people have asked Tiff that question. They go, hey, is he like that at home? He goes, yeah, same way. Because I really believe that people try to try to compartmentalize I'm going to act like this over here and act like this over here and act like this over here. They become these split personalities that you don't even know who you are anymore. And I really think the happiest, the most wholehearted people on the planet, they're the same everywhere they go. So the question you're asking is which one's more important. They're all equal to me because I'm one person. I can't separate all three of them because how I feel is going to base based upon my, my beliefs in God. You know, and I, I say all the time, I, I know who I am based upon the handbook that was written for human beings right? So the Bible is a handbook for people. And if you read that and that tells you what you are, gosh, I mean, it's very easy to be a pretty confident person because you can walk outside and look at the stars and goes, and God says that pales in comparison to what you see in the mirror and, and all things you, you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. So the, the, the question of like, which one, I don't have an answer, Ralph, because they all work together. They do. I have never thought, all right, am I making a decision based upon my religious beliefs or based upon my faith or based upon my, um, I see my will. They play yeah, with it because it's, of it's, your religious beliefs that gets into your mental toughness, which ultimately relates to your emotional state. They're all mm -hmm. connected in that regard. Right. So it's, it's all one to me. It, yeah. It's all one. It's it. not separated. To, uh, right. I could see that. Right. Um, and I think, you know, to back to this though, with, with people saying, all right, you know, I, I was just talking to Tiff the other day about having like some, you know, some friends down this way. And I go, we got to, I want to make sure that when you get a friend, they, they can just be real around you. And sometimes when you meet someone, right, mm -hmm. if you meet someone at church, they're That's your church tough. friend yeah. and they're going to act like a church friend. Yep. And you got to be careful because, because now they've identified themselves as a church friend. Well, it's like, what if you met them over at the, in the school parking lot? Would they act the same way? And that's, it's kind of a sad fact about society, but that, that does go on, you know, and the, and the real friends of today, the people that, you know, know real, they're the same everywhere they go. You know, it doesn't matter where they're at. They're going to act the same way. Mm. You that's know? a tough so, quality today now. It is. Tough. Yeah. It's challenging. People put on like a front. I like the, I love the reference you used to church friends. Cause I have church friends. Like, and just, it's yeah, like, it's true. Isn't it? You're a church friend. Cause I met you in church and then I start, you, you learn to, you learn more about them and then mm -hmm. you go, mm -hmm. well, if I knew you outside of church, like totally, I do know you outside of church now, but would I have had the same interaction with you mm -hmm. as I was mm -hmm. if I didn't meet you in church the first time. Mm -hmm. And a mm -hmm. lot of times that answer alludes to no, right? right? Cause right. it's like, oh, you are putting on a front. It's right. tough to be real. There's right. not a lot of realism in today's world right. with people. Right. Right. I think, I think, forget who said it, maybe in Emerson. So one of those guys, he, he, they go to be yourself in a world that's constantly trying to change you into something else is a major accomplishment. That's tough. Right. It's true. The world does, I mean, everything, you know, and we talked about that, the, the conversation earlier with, remember we talked about the judge in your mind, you know, and what is being imposed upon you as a child and what have you accepted to be true about you? You know, cause you have, you have a young child and you tell the child, you are brilliant. You're not really athletic, but you're brilliant. And the child goes, yeah, I guess you're right, mom. They will, that is now a self-fulfilling prophecy in that little child. Every single day they're gonna go, I'm smart, but I'm not athletic. Look that child up 20 years from now. 
that is exactly what they'll be. I see that. Too. Right? Yeah. And, and the question is, is it too, I get goosebumps. Is it too late as adults when we can finally impose upon ourselves? Is it too late? The answer is no, absolutely not. You could reprogram anything, mm-hmm. you know I mean? But the thing is we're born on the other side of yes. Life says yes to us. And then we grow up and we're said, no, put that down. Don't run, walk, do this. Don't touch that. The answer, we get told no, like 17,000 times a year as a child. So we start living on the other side of no. So we think, all right, is it possible? No, no, it's not possible. Why? Because you've been told no your whole life. Well, absolutely anything's possible. And people go, well, anything's possible, Randy. Absolutely. Use it to your advantage. Anything's possible. Yeah. No right. becomes second nature. At that point, a lot like of times, everything is right. no, Instant. and yes is like Instant. rare, is a rarity. Right. right, there's a whole chapter in the book I got coming out, Exposing the Roots, mm-hmm. on living on the other side of yes, and how Tiff and I went to Warren, because we knew Warren, Warren's the guy that bought Star Medical from us, and Warren lives on the other side of yes. He says yes to everything. In fact, he came to Star Medical, was a straight commission rep, no guarantees, no nothing, I'll only get paid if I, if I, make, if I have a sale. You're betting on yourself, right? It's like, okay, dude. So then we go to him and go, Warman, would you want to own Star Medical? He didn't even think, yes. He didn't even think about it. You know why? He lives in the side. Say yes. It's one of those things. Say yes and then figure out how later. Just say yes. Because when we say no to life, it is impossible for life to say yes to us. If I say no to you, you can't go, yes. It's already a no. It's already <laughs> yeah. a no, right? But when we say yes, now life can say yes back to us. I do. I want to piggyback off of that a little bit too. And, and it's right. So I'm learning, right. You can read so many books. Like I'm like in this leadership phase where I'm just learning. I'm, I want to be a good leader. Right. So, mm-hmm. and how you said, you're not born a leader, you're taught. So it's just something where it's just learning things that make somebody a good leader. And one of the first things when I worked in corporate was that I did that to every, when I worked for the payroll companies, I'm not going to mention them on here, but when I worked through each individual one, the first thing I would always ask them is like, look, I, I want to work straight commission. Don't put me on a salary. And every single one of them, no, can't do that, mm-hmm. can't do that, mm-hmm. can't do that. So, and the reason why I'm, at, I'm extending it that long is because my question is money in that aspect, right? Because then once you're in there and, in, and you're a sales rep and you're doing this, that determines the type of corporate leader you become, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you see it taking from the base level, right? Whether you're a beginning sales rep all the way up through the corporation to the CEO, whoever it is. Then being introduced to the company as a salary rep with commission, as opposed to straight commission, giving people the opportunity to work for themselves and learn how to do it, determines who you are going to be a leader. And so my question is, how heavily influenced can money have on the determining factor of what makes somebody a leader or not? Or is that completely irrelevant? 100% irrelevant. Yes. Money has nothing to do with it. When it comes to leadership and money, money, money. <laughs> you see the question? I, like, yeah, like yeah, the idea, I do. Because you have these corporate leaders, right? Like sure. that are getting paid a copious amounts of money mm-hmm. and they don't even have, it, it, at least it doesn't seem right. I mean, I've only done it for four and a half years being in the corporate s- sector for a while until I moved on, but it, they're leaders and they're your right. quote unquote managers. And you just did the quote. So leadership is simply influence, nothing more, nothing less. So the best example of this is that church scenario I gave you before. You know, you got a, you got a, you got an old church, right? And uh, and a new pastor comes in, and if the pastor's smart, he will look for who is the real leader in this organization because there's natural leaders and appointed leaders, mm-hmm. right? So that and the, the ideal scenario is that the natural and the appointed is the same person, but a lot of times it's not. So you'll you'll come into the church and then you'll have a brand new pastor going, this is the way it's going to be happening. We're doing that, doing that, and then and then all of a sudden the whole congregation will turn to some old man that's been there for fifty years and go, what do you think, Joe? And Joe's the leader. Joe goes, I don't think we should do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't think we should do it, Pastor. 
Right. I mean, so when it comes to money and the pastor getting paid, the Joe's not getting paid anything. Money has nothing to do with leadership at all. I mean, I, nothing, zero. I mean, it's, and to prove this, a lot, a lot of big businesses, top sales reps in those organizations make more money than the CEO makes. Yeah. Most of them do. Yeah. I mean, most, most of them, you want it to be like that, you know, so no money, money and leadership has, it's not connected. Leadership is influence. That's all it is. How much can you influence? This is why you, you can have someone come into the organization at a very low level, like on a corporate scale and, and change the whole world, change the whole organization because they have great influence, you know? Yeah. You have to be, in order to have influence, people have to like you and trust you. We go back to that. So they like you and trust you. Now you can influence them and the, people can question your decision-making, but the moment they question your ethics and morals, game you've over. lost all leadership. Yeah, game over. Right. And when it comes to leadership in the end, a lot of times in corporate world, the question that we should be asking ourselves is, are we going to connect with people or are we going to correct people? Correct or connect. That's a pretty. Right. Because a lot of times you've seen it. Oh, yeah. Hierarchy. <clears throat> someone does something they shouldn't do. The leader has a decision. They could boost their ego going, yeah, I can't believe you did that. I wouldn't have done that. And, and point out their friends and make them feel this big, little tiny. Or they could allow the person to save face and save the relationship. And just like that, they've built their leadership up. People will only follow you if they like you and trust you. And when leaders are going around correcting the people, people don't like them. <laughs> no one likes to be corrected. Mm. Right? Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate fun it. stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Ralph. Dude.